Hi, welcome to the Ghostman Radio Station. And tonight, my guest is Dr. Joyce Jeffrey Pugh. I always think I get the wrong last name wrong, but she'd tell me off if I did. Anyway, Joyce is a writer, author, you name it, country singer, poetry writer extraordinaire. And today we're going to talk about a subject that's quite real. I think it relates to pro, um, religion as well. Where we're living in at the moment to do with the war in Iraq, uh, Ukraine, and the living crisis that everybody seems to be suffering. So Joyce is going to give her insight. I think we call it insight. Joyce, what do you think? Oh, I think that it has something to do with a little bit of insight, but also I will tell you that all the years of research that I've been studying uh, for a long, long time about the end of days, clearly we are seeing those signs just really coming to pass right before our eyes, almost like reading a newspaper. The Bible is coming alive. It is amazing. It's very, very scary, isn't it? Huh? It, it's like uh, I, th- at the moment I don't know if you know this uh, we're going for a very severe bird flu in the UK and birds have been dropping out of the sky oh my goodness you know the thing about that I've noticed and I've been doing this research for a very long time and my book Beguiled Eden to Armageddon and also my book the volume series Eden the Knowledge of Good and Evil 666 I started talking about these issues a long time ago about how the the plagues and the pestilences were going to get really, very severe at the end of days. And that's one thing that I've really noted how all of this is really manifesting. And it's kind of interesting that you're having that kind of situation there. And we lost over a billion turkeys and chickens in our United States area in the last couple of months. And so there is a real, real concern that we will not have enough chickens or turkeys to celebrate our annual Thanksgiving Day that we have here in the United States because of the lack of the birds. And you know, it's not only that. There's also a lot of other animals that are suffering. We had a lot of the deer in our area and above up in the north area who came down with the COVID um, virus as well. So there's just a lot of things that I think that we need to be paying attention to because if we don't, we're going to be surprised at how this is all going to play out. Because if we can see the animals dying in severe numbers all around us, we've already seen what the, what the pandemic did for the world. And we're just headed for a really, really big awakening that the human population is about to undergo some more serious situations. And it's only going to get worse because in Scripture... It clearly tells us at the end of days that the people want to die, they cannot die, and when they cannot die, they have these huge boils that just come up on their skin, and that they're in tremendous, tremendous pain. So it concerns me that when you look at how we might be trying to fix the human population by giving us different kinds of medications, that we may be setting ourselves up that we will have an either a greater pandemic that will allow something in our systems not to let us die, but to make us suffer. And that's really a concern because I see that just escalating. I'm trying to do a book right now, and I'm working on it. I'm in the editing stages about how our DNA is resonating. And in that DNA resonating capability, 
it appears to me that we've got a situation where each one of us have our own vibratory fingerprint. And once you start hacking into that DNA, and you can connect to it through like artificial intelligence and then connect us to a lot of the satellites that Elon Musk has been putting up in low Earth orbit for a good number of uh, months now. It's very concerning because I see the technology that's been developed and I see what's been, doing, been done really to the human body to really make us more susceptible to being able to connect to artificial intelligence, especially through... 5G and soon to be 6G technology where we've been able to use 5G for cell phones all over this this world and how it's just able to let us do certain things in our houses and control our refrigerators and control our temperatures in our homes away from home I mean it's been seen as a real positive thing but when it's connected to humans that means everything you think do or say and even how your vibratory frequency of your body is responding is going to be affected. And that's something we need to be paying attention to, Mark. Well, the other day over this country, they had a android in an actual um, committee com- meeting, uh, a government committee meeting, uh, to, to recognize it uh, that the AI was becoming more active. Yes, and that's really a major concern because that's been the really push of really like the people like Klaus Schwab that's over the World Economic Forum. And it's also the push of Elon Musk, and it's also the push of Bill Gates. And those are three very powerful men that are trying to use that connectability to artificial intelligence to send us in a whole different, I guess, dynamics as we have known as humans. And that's really a concern because we're losing the God element of how we were created. Once we start taking technology like CRISPR, where we can go in and we can snap into the DNA and actually cause it to replicate strange and unusual things in the human body, we become no longer human. We become no longer in the image of the creator who created us. And the moment that gets to be a um, situation where a lot of people get connected, then what happens is when you get the connection to all DNA, individualized DNA, and you have people connected through artificial intelligence, then you actually are able to connect the brains together to form like robots. And we actually, if we choose to take and utilize these things that are coming to allow us to buy, sell, or trade, which we've been told in scripture is actually the mark of the beast, For us to be able to buy, sell, and trade, they're going to put this technology out there. And if you don't take it, they're going to kill you. It will be your choice. Nobody can make you take it. Nobody will force it on you. You have to take it. But if you don't take it, there's a good chance that you're going to have to die for not taking it. And the intent is to make us into a beehive mind, much like the worker bees do for the queen bee in a hive. They don't really have free will. Everything that they do in that hive to maintain that hive is directed to them by the queen bee. And we know that the queen bee and and the bees, they have a buzzing sound, like a mmm buzzing sound. That's the vibratory pattern. And once the world is able to connect to everybody's DNA in this vibratory pattern, it's like a buzzing of a bee. And the queen bee, who will be the person ruling this uh, world through not being allowed in New York to have the capability to buy, sell, or trade, 
once they do that, you can't escape it if you take it because they're going to make you into the beehive mind, which actually returns us to the Tower of Babel. One mind, one accord, doing one world government, one world religion. Everything is a one-way street, and there's not any individuality because you're now becoming a worker bee of the system. And that happens free will for you is gone. And in scripture it tells you the moment that you allow that into your body, you become totally severed from our creator. And it's a real situation and it's very much happening. I was noting that there was a new study that was released by a scientist that was involved with the CERN um, collider and that they did not reveal how they had actually burst through the veil. And I'd already said that in my books way back years ago, especially in my Beguile series and my Eden, the Knowledge of Good and Evil 666 series, that CERN was nothing more than to try to rip open the veil between the physical world and the spiritual world. And once that we did that, that there was going to be an opening of the abyss. And once the abyss became open, that there was going to be these things that would cross over into our world and what I was able to understand from some of the researches coming out of that that's been leaked is that, that we see like algorithms of ones and zeros. That they're saying that there was some type of intelligence that was brought from that realm into our physical realm. And it's going to be used to help manifest the things that I'm talking about with the artificial intelligence connecting to your DNA and then, of course, allowing you to be able to buy, sell, or trade. And if you don't take that and you don't become transhuman, then you're considered outside the box of what they will allow you to do. You will not be politically correct, so therefore they will get rid of you. They do not want people who don't follow their system. They will want you to be the worker bees of the system. And it's a real, real concern because, like you say, they're already showing the intelligence factor of artificial intelligence. I know a couple of years ago we had a show here in the United States called Jeopardy!, and Alex Trebek had on that show a little um, type of artificial intelligence called Wilson. And that computer beat everybody, even the most intelligent human being that could go against them. He beat them out on the show. So we already know that the level of intelligence that's gained through artificial intelligence far exceeds where we are at. And now they're using artificial intelligence to gauge the direction that humanity needs to be going in, and before long it's going to be connected to all of us if we choose to take that mark of the beast. Yeah, I mean, I know some time ago you wrote about the royal family, about Prince William, I believe. Now, Yes, I, I did. Yeah, obviously you've heard about the passing of the Queen and the impact that had on the world. Do you think that's a good impact or bad impact? Because it was a, it was almost as if the whole world stopped for at least a day. Well, you know, everything in regard to the royal family has been very, very important. And having done the research on um, the lineage that has led, actually led to the royal family is quite uh, convincing to me of the connection back into the uh, lineage of King David and how that has manifested through to today. My concern has always been that once the Queen Bee died, the person that was kind of coordinating it all, that there would come a time that we would be looking at what I believe would be the Red Dragon of Revelation, the Beast of Revelation, and the False Prophet. 
And from the research that I have been doing, it's quite evident that now Prince Charles became King Charles, that his coat of arms and some of the things as far as the Welsh flag there that had the red dragon, and the fact that London is known for their dragons that are all over the city of London, as well as the Gog and Magog giants, that there has been a connection to Jerusalem in a way that a lot of people haven't really, I guess, stopped to do the research and, and connect to it. The other concern is that the Windsors anglicized their name because they were so involved with the Germans, and they didn't want, they actually wanted to distance themselves from Hitler. But the main thing is that we've been able to see that everything that's been happening in the world goes back, and you can find some connections, especially things like the Project Paperclip, where the scientists were brought into the United States and into Russia to start the uh, uh, programs for our aerospace uh, industry. And then to be able to look at what happened when a lot of the uh, scientists from Germany were sent down into uh, South America, and there was a lot of testing of artificial insemination and trying to produce the Aryan race that kind of has continued and I think it's led to the building blocks of what I'm talking about and trying to do the CRISPR technology and change the DNA and connect this to artificial intelligence. The thing that's important about all of this is that there's a person behind wanting to change the world and to save the world, and that is Prince William. He's made it very clear with his Earthshot prizes that he is the person that can save planet Earth by being able to co actually coordinate all the major technological um, big rigs around the world into this desire to give money to find the, the people out there who have the means to develop a type of um, way to solve things like the fact that uh, our climate is just continuing to escalate and that's why we're seeing a lot of the things happening is because Earth is getting warmer and that's what's making a lot of things they say get worse and worse and worse, which is leading to just like we were talking about, the bird deaths and the plagues and the pestilences, as well as this terrible weather that we're starting to see. And I know that it's a real big predictive, predictive thing that England is going to you know, really suffer because of the winter in France. There's been a lot of things talked about that because of the natural gas situation that's been locked up with Ukraine and Putin and Russia and all that's going on there with NATO and the, um, the sanctions and that thing that, that more than likely has also led to the destruction of the pipelines of that Nordic, Nordstrom 1 and 2 that seems to have been um, manipulated and messed with to cause those particular pipelines to fail. So someone is very behind making things a lot worse than what it really already is. But I find it interesting that when you look at King Charles in the role that he is as the Red Dragon, who in scripture brings about the beast, and the thing about the beast is the charismatic, iconic image that the beast is in, and then the fact that you have a Vatican who has a pope right now who considers himself to be the ecological Pope of the you know of the world as well as no one has ever chosen the name uh, Pope Francis of Assisi. I mean, he took the name from Saint Francis of Assisi, and he, and he gave himself that name as Pope Francis. And that particular saint was absolutely the saint of ecological.
ecological change and protection of the wildlife and all the things on this planet. So the fact that he has been really instigating the uh, Abrahamic connections of Islam and, and which we call it Islam, which is Christianity and Islam, and they developed all this over there in the Middle East to try to bring Christians and Muslims together under kind of one roof of understanding through their father Abraham. It's a real, really big push. And so the fact that the queen is now out of the picture and we have King Charles playing the role, really, what I believe will be the Red Dragon. We know his whole idea around the ecological standpoint that people, there needs to be a depopulation of humanity. We know that same thing from the United Nations uh, goals and actually their sustainability goals of 2030. It all talks about how we've got to return Mother Earth back to its original state because at this point it's quite evident that Earth is very sick. If it was not sick, then we would not see all the birds dying and all the pandemics and plagues that are going to escalate, as well as the, the climate changes and how all the water is drying up. Right now, the water around the world, the potable water around the world, is getting where there's not any. Even our aquifers that were actually, is how we get clean water from the ground, they're drying up and they're coming so far down that you can't even drill down to get to some of those areas. In the United States, it has gotten very severe out in the southwest in which the water that's out there in Lake Mead and Lake Powell is almost down to nothing. And that actually takes care of most of the uh, southwestern part of the United States. And then when you look at uh, the, the rivers down by the Amazon drying up and most of your rivers, your Euphrates River, and even some of your things as far as over in the Middle East, they're all turning to salt or drying up. So there is a real uh, critical situation that has been really exhibited in all the things that Prince William has been pushing with his Earthshot Prize and trying to bring together the best minds to save the planet. And we know that at the end of days there will be a man who will step forward and he has to be uh, charismatic and he has to be able to control a lot of the earth's resources. And it says in scripture that he will be riding a white horse and he will have a bow in his hand but no arrows. And that's one thing that I can say that with Prince William, he always rides the white horse. He comes in the name of trying to work everybody together for a common good and that is to save planet earth. But as we know to save planet earth, it means to depopulate the planet in order to put it back into the sustainability that it needs to be by 2030. So all of those people together are being at the forefront right now and working so closely toward this, like Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, um, George Soros, and um, Prince William, and, um, and King Charles, and then uh, the Pope. All those men are very, very engaged in an international game plan to get us through 2030. So I think it's pretty interesting that it lines up with what's happening at the end of days, and it's according to Scripture that those three beings, the false prophet, the beast, and the red dragon, they have these things coming out of them that look like frogs. And of course, if you study the UFO phenomena, you know that these beings that people see these little gray beings and that kind of thing. We'll always describe them as being frog-like. Most people will say it looks like a frog man, like if you have in um, 
um, those kinds of things. So clearly, with the numbers increasing in our airspaces of unidentified flying objects, which we are now told are unidentified fly, uh, uh, aerial phenomena, they changed what they call it, in the United States, we have a major task force that's been developed through um, the Naval Intelligence Director with uh, uh, the people from the Pentagon, and they're trying to go before our Congress, and they're showing all these things in the skies, and they're saying that it's not our allies, and it's not our adversaries as well, our adversaries, because if it was our adversaries, especially like China and uh, Russia, they would be taking over with the kind of capability that these particular um, types of things flying around actually have. They would far exceed anything that we have the capability of here in, in the United States. And it appears that many of our military people who are engaging with these things see quite evidently that they cannot stop it, that they cannot control it. It can get over our uh, nuclear weapons sites and shut everything down. And this has been going, this is going over, uh, actually on worldwide. And I know that the last time that they went before our country here and, and stood before Congress, that um, the uh, defense and the naval intelligence people, they specifically said that these things are getting so prolific in our sky that, that they're to the point now that we're being seen all the time, every day, and that the you know, what they were saying is it's not just for the United States, it's worldwide, and that every country in the world is starting to develop their own task force to deal with this phenomenon. So going back, like I mentioned, to this, this flipping into um, the tearing the fabric between what I believe is the physical realm and the spiritual realm, and stepping through that veil, that CERN has actually been able to do something of that nature, and if it has, then these abyss-type things are going to start coming in to our uh, world in greater and greater numbers. And clearly, that's what's being told to us in the United States uh, in front of Congress by what we believe to be the best of the best minds that are in you know, our, our naval defense and, and defense systems and things of that nature here in the United States. And so when you see that happening worldwide, you kind of go that things are getting a lot worse, and it's not something that you're going to hear every day on the news, but the thing is, a long time ago it was considered conspiracy theory. It is no longer conspiracy theory. It is very, very, very real. And it does concern me because I really do believe that because everything is lining up directly as Scripture has said, that the beast, which is the Antichrist, the person that will help the Antichrist, which is the red dragon, and the false prophet have to be in place because we're about to see hyperinflation do something in our world that's going to force us into these uh, central currencies, these cryptocurrencies, where uh, money cannot be uh, gotten out without you having some kind of mark to, to retrieve it or change it. It'll all be done in cyberspace. So gold, silver, all of that will mean nothing once uh, you know the currency goes into cryptocurrency and controlled by the say one international bank worldwide for a one world economic kind of order. And, you know, the thing is, with Prince William's Earthshot Prize, it's very involved with BP World, which is one of those kinds of supply groups that are going to change the way all the supplies are handled in the world, and they're presently really involved in it. And anybody that works with uh, him and those kind of people have to meet the goals and objectives.
objectives of the um, sustainability goals and objectives of the World Health Organization and also the World Economic Forum. So it's pretty pretty impressive how our world is getting to be a one world order right under the noses and at the same time fulfilling scripture to the T. I see also I've looked at your bio again and I didn't realise you had a lot to do with the Special Olympics. I did. I uh, was involved with them when Eunice Kennedy Schreiber uh, was was still alive. I had the opportunity to work on the International Special Olympics Task Force and I also was the board of directors for the Georgia Special Olympics and I trained a lot of athletes for international Special Olympic competition against like 109, 110 countries just like you have for the regular in the regular Olympics. It's kind of patterned after the regular Olympics. So very, very special times for me. I wrote a book about all of that called Special Parables of Joy, Triumphs of um, of the disabled that's available at my website as well. So if you're interested in um, how I work with handicapped people, and there's stories there that are very, they're true stories using the real names of the people who um, I worked with, and some of them were very amazing in their capabilities. It was just absolutely a, sometimes I would just kind of go like, I cannot believe how you can take someone that felt like that they could never do anything and with the right tools and the right mindset that working with them was they were able to transcend much greater capability than they ever were told they would be able to do like with a psychological that was going to keep them limited into uh, a certain like a range of intelligence so they're very true stories so if you have anyone in your family that has been handicapped or is handicapped it's, it's well worth the read because I have a lot of information in there and, and the stories are all true um, about how these people really triumphed with their disabilities. It was one of the most rewarding things I think I've ever done in my entire life. I think sometimes we, we as you said, we do get in this mindset. We don't mean to, but I think a lot of it's influenced by the media. Well, the media, unfortunately, has been the play as what the world, I guess you would say, the people that kind of rule the world. They use the media to direct our thoughts and our belief systems. And so many times we listen and we just take it in like sponges, but we never question it. And if you do a lot of research like I do, what would happen when I would start hearing this years ago, the propaganda that's playing out on TV I would be like, I'd look at the TV and I'd go, really? That's not right. And then I would go look it up, and sure enough, I would catch them telling lies that it was being promoted as truth. And then I got really concerned. My husband that has passed now, he used to get really tickled because I used to love watching the History Channel and the the, um, Discovery Channel here. And I would be listening to a story, and I would be, you know, have already researched or something that was actually we're talking about, and they would start saying something, and I would go just out loud, that's not right, that's not right. And I would go to my library real quick and look it up, and I'd say, I'd show it to Neil, who was my husband that had passed, and I'd say, look, here it is right here. Here's the real truth, the, the truth that they did not tell this. They told a story about it. And it got to the point... Uh, it got worse and worse and worse, and I would just be constantly going, "That's not right. That's not right. That's really not right." And he would get, he would, he would say, "Your your blood pressure is going up. I'm going to change the channel because I was seeing how people always trusted Discovery Channel, 
and History Channel to be telling you the truth. And then I had a really good friend who was over a library, and she called and told me that they were purging a lot of the books from the library system. And if and she knew that I did a lot of research, and did I want to come and look at the books that they had purged? Well, what I found, Mark, was that they were getting rid of a lot of things that were about our history, making it like it was out of date. But those kind of things, once they're removed from the library, nobody has access to. So I would go and I would get those books and, and put them in my library. And so I've seen how the game's been set up to try to remove certain things from our history. The worst thing that I've noted is that your Bibles, for them to get copyright on a new Bible, they will actually leave out words or change words or leave out certain uh, scriptures in order to get the copyright status. You can't copyright the King James Version over and over again and, and call it something else because it's already been written. And so a lot of the, the things that we see, you have to be very, very careful. It requires when I do my research to go back as far back as I can go to get the right books and the right information because so much is being told it's a lie. And of course that goes along with end of days. You're told in scripture that there's going to come a time when you cannot tell really the truth from the lie and I think we're about there, Mark. I really think we are. Yes. Uh, and that's why I find you always fascinated, Joy, because I like the way you t talk because you are come across as a very intelligent woman you do do the research you don't just you know say oh this is this and this is that but you'll go then out and read everything up and you'll say look now I found this proof you don't have to believe me but here is the proof read it for yourself kind of thing well that's the main thing I've always said if people you know would read my work or, or look at my research that you know, I encourage them if they can find anything wrong to contact me because I'm constantly trying to find every truth that's out there. Because once you get the truth and you have the foundation of the truth, then it's kind of like the Bible says, if you build your house on the solid rock, it'll always stand. If you build your house on shifting sand, it will shift and it will fall. So, you know, from the time I started doing this research, and I've been doing it now a very long time because I had that dream when I was six years old that I believe I saw what was going to happen at the end of days. And ever since I was six years old, I have been putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And so when I started doing this, I was doing it for me. So, you know, I wasn't going to be fooling myself. I, was, I wasn't thinking about one day I'll be, a, you know, uh, an author or one day I'll be on the History Channel or one day I'll be doing you know, radio shows and podcasts like yours, I really started doing the research to answer my questions, so I was not going to fool me. <laughs> I was trying to find the, the true source of everything I could find that would line up to how all of this was going to play out in my lifetime. And I tell you truthfully, what my research is, is the answers to my own questions that I was willing to put in a book and share with people. So when you read my work, I have tried to go to every inch of the degree, just like if I was an attorney in a courtroom and just try to cover every base so that you could see the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And that's the way that my work is. And sometimes it's pretty straightforward. Some people don't like to hear certain things because it steps on the politically correct people's toes. And, and the Bible is not 
based on you know, what's politically correct, it's based on God's word, which is the truth. And there's a major difference in that. So yes, I really take it very seriously, everything that I talk about, and I try to do the research on it before I really try to expose it to other people. And my whole intent is for someone to really stop and realize that you are created by a creator that loves you, that you're really, your uh, your soul is your greatest asset. Nothing else we have here is greater than our soul because it lives forever and ever and ever. And you want to make the choice either to choose and follow correct truth and end up in paradise because if you don't choose that, you'll end up into a hell fire and brimstone but you don't die in there either because it says whether you go in paradise or whether you go in hell, you're in a resurrected body. That's why it talks about that the worm never dies in hell and how the fire always is there, but it never consumes you. You just continue to feel it. So it's a real, it's a real I guess, um, play on me to really, as a watchman on the wall, try to tell people the truth so you have the truth and you can make a wise decision. You can't ever say, well, I didn't know. If you read my work or hear, my, hear me speak about any of this or follow what I do, you'll find that I'm trying to make you come to a total understanding because nobody can stand before the Creator but you. Everybody's going to have to stand before Him. If you've got the covering of the blood of Jesus upon your life, then you've got an attorney there with you that's going to save you. If you don't have that and you choose to go in the direction of listening to Satan and his fallen angels, then hell was created for them. And God's not going to be the one that has put you there. You put yourself there because you chose not to do what was right and what the good book explained and told you how to follow it and what to do and why the days that we're living in are like they are. I mean, some of us are going to have to go through some really bad stuff because there's no doubt in my mind we're in the tribulation right now and things are never going to go back to where they were three years ago. It will never return back to normal. It's kind of like a woman in travail. Once she gets pregnant, in nine months she's going to have that baby and if she gets closer to that day of delivery, those pains and that, that sickness and all that leads up to the birth gets greater intensity, gets closer together, gets worse and worse. And we're told that the tribulation is like that. And right now, we can clearly see that happening worldwide, totally worldwide. And so once we started into that tribulation, it's like that woman in travail. We're going to go down that system of those things that are going to be happening until, boom, we come to a really understanding at a, at a second coming that there really is a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and he came as the suffering servant to try to save humanity at the cross. When he comes back again, he's coming back as a conquering, you know, person and a judge and a um, way to put it back like it should be. Either you're going to be in the good graces of God and saved and live in paradise, or you're going to actually have caused yourself to fall into a very, very bad place that doesn't have the light of God. And a lot of people think because it says you'll live in darkness, what it means is you don't have the light of God to save you at any point after that period of time. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be, there's going to be fire, there's going to be brimstone. People that you did things with that you thought you were having fun and games with and people think they're going to be partying down in hell, they are not going to be partying. You will hate everybody there because of what you listened to or you followed them or you participated in something with them. Everybody will hate everybody. 
And like the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, you'll be able to know what you did. You'll know who you are. You know who those people are, just as the people in, in paradise know who they are. And they'll be spending paradise with family members and those that chose to follow Jesus Christ. And you'll do that for all eternity. But those people in hell are going to be aware of their choices, the consistent pain and suffering, and it's forever. And it's and it and once you get there, there's no coming back. There's no like uh, reincarnation. There's no praying out of purgatory. Once you die to this earthly body, which it goes to sleep because it's going to be resurrected and part of your spiritual body and soul at the end of days like I'm talking about, where you live in a resurrected body, either in paradise or in hell. The thing is, once you go out of this body into the spiritual realm, and you do step out, there's nobody laying in a grave. Nobody, there's no people out in the graveyard. Those bones are there asleep, just like the Valley of Dry Bones that Noah brought back together in the Old Testament. That's the same thing that's going to happen, really, at the end of days. Everybody's going to be resurrected up to stand judgment. And when you do, then all your bones and all your uh, sinew and all your uh, skin cells that's wherever all over the world, if you've flown all over the world, it will be all brought back to you to stand judgment. But you'll have that resurrected body, just like Jesus Christ had that resurrected body when he walked out of that tomb on resurrection morning. And his and people saw him and they, they knew him. He was able to eat and do whatever. It was very clear who he was, but there was nobody left you know, his body was not left in the tomb. The same thing will happen one day for all of us. We will have the physical body, spiritual body, and our soul all reconnected back together again for eternity, for all eternity. And because of that, you don't want to end up in a fiery place that is torment because there's nothing to compare with what hell fire is like. Um, that it could consume, I mean, that could burn you but not consume you. And anybody that's ever stuck their hand to a stove or got burned, you know the intenseness of that pain. And can you imagine if it continued to do that and the torment was just night and day, night and day, how awful that would be. So, you know, my intent as uh, a watchman on the wall is to tell the truth about this so that you know you've heard the truth and then you can choose which you will follow because your choice is what matters. It's not who has the most money, who has the most fame, who has the nicest cars, the nicest house, the most children, the better children. It's all about who you are. Nobody else is going to have to stand judgment with you except you. And it's your choice on where you end up at. So, you know, the reason I do this research is to hopefully make you aware of the truth of Scripture, to get you back into reading Scriptures, and to really understand that we're living in the end of days and if you don't pass away, it is more than a good chance in this generation that you'll see the return of Jesus Christ and you will experience probably the Battle of Armageddon unless you're caught away in what we typically have heard called the rapture. Even though the word rapture does not appear in Scripture, catching away does. And that's when the people who are the bride of Christ are caught out of here just a little bit before the Battle of Armageddon. Because once that happens and the people have the mark of the beast and they get sores and they cannot die, they want to die but they can't die, that will be an excruciating time when you've got wormwood falling from the sky that's a big star that's going to hit earth and it's going to destroy a third of everything along with all the plague pestilences and everything are just going to get worse and worse just like the woman in travail so I really really do this because I 
care about and I love people and sometimes it's a hard pill for people to swallow the truth is but if you hear the truth at least you have the chance to change and it's my hope that you really will look at your life and say is there anything that I'm doing whether it's eating uh, sinning in any kind of way that is, is not right whether you, you know steal, kill um, you know involved with sexual tendencies and all kinds of weird stuff on this planet is any of that quick fix, drugs, whatever, alcohol, is that is any of that worth your soul forever in hell? I think if you really stop and think, because everything is fleeting. It's kind of like you eat you like a candy bar, but if you eat it, you know, within a couple hours, you'll be wanting another one. It's not, it doesn't sustain you. It's not living water. But Jesus Christ is your living water. And he can sustain you. And if you look to him, you may have to sacrifice some things in this life that other people seem to be having fun at. But in the long run, your choice will be rewarded much greater than you could have ever done here on earth. So truthfully, there's nothing on this planet that's worth giving your soul up into a burning hell for all eternity. I think if you really put it in perspective... That's a very, very long time. I mean, the chances of us living to be 120 years old is a very short time considering what it will be like to live for all eternity. And I think I would rather be in a place where happiness and joy and the light of Jesus is versus where Satan and his fallen angels are because I don't think it will ever be anything but torment, torment, torment. And it's promised in Scripture forever. Well, Joyce, where can we people go and find your books? Obviously, you've been talking about what you, all the interesting subjects you've mentioned, but where can they, people find out your books so they can go and read them and buy them and do more research yes, themselves? They can, yes, they can uh, go to my website, which is www.drjoye. That's D-R-J-O-Y-E. Dot com. And if you go, that's Dr. Joy, D-R-J-O-Y-E dot com. If you go to that and you click on my website, you'll be able to click under books. All my books are there, including my music. And all you have to do is click on the little, um, little link, and it will take you to the bookstore to be able to purchase those books. And they'll be sent to you uh, within just maybe a week or ten days. And um, I would really appreciate the support of that because that's what allows me to continue to do the research that I do. And uh, you can also keep up with me on my Facebook page, and that's Joy, J-O-Y-E, Joy with an E. The last name is Pew, P as in Paul, U-G-H. And if you'll friend me there, then if you have questions, you can chat with me on Messenger as well as at my uh, website, at the www.drjoy.com, there is a submission form. And if you've got a question for me, you can fill that out. And I do a radio show once a month at the end of the month, usually on the last Monday night of the month from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. And I answer the questions that people send to me and submit to me from those forms. And uh, you can either, you know, 
put it as you don't want your name mentioned, but I, I, I will mention your first name so that you do know that that's that if you're interested in knowing that that was your question. But that's uh, a lot of fun, and both places are easy for you to stay in touch with me and to find out more about my work, as well as like being on the podcast today because that will be put up on my uh, Facebook page for people to, to continue to listen at it in, in a, as, as the days go by. Well, Joy, I've enjoyed our second, I think this is our second talk, isn't it? Yes, I always enjoy, I enjoyed it the last time, and I appreciate, Mark, you giving me the chance to talk about my research. It's very, very close and dear to my, you know, to, to my being, because I feel like the Lord really gave me this path to walk, and it's just very nice when I find people like you that are willing to allow me to share this, because it's really from my heart, and and it is my intention and what I do to help you find your way. And if you've got questions, that you can always really message me, and I'll try to help you and steer you in any kind of direction in regarding any concerns or questions that you might have about what's going on in the world today. Well, thank you, uh, uh, Joy. But I've really enjoyed um, listening, and, and I found it very informative. I hope other people find it informative. So please go out and check Dr. Joy at her website and uh, read the books, find out the facts, and judge for yourself. No one's, there's no pressure. No one's putting no twisting arms on you and or anything like that. But the truth is out there, as they used to say in the Oaks Files. Yeah, the truth is out there. So if you want to learn the truth, there it is. Thanks, Mark.